Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 9 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This is a super fun episode with Edward Pulley from the podcast More Geek Than Gay. We are discussing the Marvel Civil War, mostly the comic books, but we do include some aspects of the movies, what we hope from the movies, what we think we're going to get out of the movies, and kind of some differences in what we think are going to be in the movie versus in the comic books. If you just want to go ahead and jump into the Civil War discussion, it does pop up around the 32.30 mark, 32 minutes, 30 seconds. Let us know which side you fall on, Iron Man, Captain America, somewhere in between. Work out, nerd out. In the basement rolling dice. Welcome again, Dragons, to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. I am your host, Kenny Rotter, and this is our Civil War preview episode. I am very excited to be joined by Edward Pulley from the More Geek Than Gay podcast and Civil War resident expert. Edward, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, actually. Excellent. Thank you for asking. I'm very glad to hear that. It's always good to hear when other people are doing great. So why don't you tell everyone out there a little bit about yourself? My name is Edward Pulley. I I do the More Geeks and Gay podcast, as you mentioned. Uh, it went on a brief hiatus, and I'm actually kind of kickstarting it brand new again. I, I just launched a new episode one with absolutely horrible audio. Oh no. Um yeah, yeah, it sounded good when I recorded it and then when I processed it, no, very bad. And I had to make the decision between do you want to put something out there so that you're started again or do you want to fix this and I'm like, "Well, you know what? Put something out there or else you're just going to keep on tweaking it and tweaking it and making excuses not to restart." It's it's out there. Uh, Going to have another episode uh, with the restart coming up this week. Um, also do a, another podcast called Four Color Story Time, where basically it's just me reading a comic book um, with my own colorful flair. <laughs> and awesome. and then um, Math Monkeys, which is a mathematics podcast, a short mathematics podcast. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, you're one of the only people who say that. Um, <laughs> although it has it has a surprisingly well to me not surprising, but to most people surprising um, large following, given the hiatus that it went on as well, uh, be, mainly because of technical difficulties with my computer. So it's it's still been getting like a lot of real loyal listeners, and I'm like, wait, all right, you guys are starting to memorize all 13 episodes. <laughs> so. Um, I also um, work out with a lot of the conventions in town, mainly uh, Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, I moderate and uh, with those do a little bit of speaking, and I've been known to speak around town on stuff. Well, excellent. I know I am getting really excited about Phoenix Comic Con. I'm going to be doing a Comic Con preview podcast uh, sometime next month. And I know Dumbbells and Dragons will be at Phoenix Comic Con covering the con. 
uh, for the website. So we're very excited about that, and that's really cool that you're so involved with that. Oh, yeah, and and they give me a free T-shirt, so yay! <laughs> and we could all use a few more free T-shirts. Because <laughs> Lord knows my closet does not have anywhere near enough of this. <laughs> Tell us about one of your favorite heroes, fictional, superhero, personal hero. I was thinking about this. This is actually a really difficult one uh, question for me, just because there's no one person I can kind of think of in a way as a hero. Every there's like little bits of all sorts of people. Like when it comes to writing, I, I think of Isaac Asimov and um, John Retchie. They're they're both people who, who I have just always looked up to their writing style. Uh, and uh, even though I know that Asimov is a little dry for people, there's just that nice hard science part to him, where John Retchie is like almost the complete opposite of that. He really touches on the human condition really well. And then there's like personal heroes, like you know, of course your parents, cause, but. You know, that's the most boring answer ever, so we're going <laughs> to not use that one. Um, <laughs> but, like, um, an ex of mine, um, Jacob, who years before I was really aware of what he was doing, he's the person who helped me realize who I am. Uh, the, the One of the most important moments of my life was a moment when we were just hanging out uh, with some people at, at a you know at a bar hanging out I think it was karaoke night or whatever, and he got to listen to some guy talking to me about a subject that he knew that I knew backwards and forwards, and yet I'm I'm telling this guy oh really that's very interesting I did not know that, and he yanked me out of the bar so fast and he yelled at me for about five to ten minutes about how he didn't want to ever hear me pretend to be stupid just to have people like me. Oh, wow. And that's that's actually a really big thing that stuck with me. And that's, you know, it, I don't know if that's a hero moment, but it's a molded me moment. It, it's always been yeah, central to who I am since then. It's those, those people that come into your life for however long or however brief that kind of flip of that switch. And I think that if anyone can take away from that, don't pretend to be stupid. Don't pretend to be something you're not just so other people will like you. That's absolutely right, Ariel. Be happy being a mermaid. <laughs> Amen to that. I hate that movie for that reason. But catchy <laughs> tunes. But um... <laughs> What are some of your other favorite areas of nerdiness? You got me here because I'm, I'm a diehard comic book geek. Uh, I also... Sci-fi, horror... Uh, there's... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a math nerd, or else I probably wouldn't have a math podcast. Uh, <laughs> and board games, card games... I, I, I never could do the electronic games because as I'm doing hand motions that you can't see on a podcast, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have that coordination to do the like A, B, X, X, up, 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 you know, anything. <laughs> the only one I can do is like a Wii because I can flail with the best of them. <laughs> but, um, oh, and role-playing games, but I never get to play those because like everybody here like looks at me like, oh, you're one of them. 
you, I thought you bathed more than that. And I'm like, well, some of them bathe. No, um, you're, you're <laughs> one of us, okay? Thank you. Well, not according to them. Yeah. Yeah, them think I'm a them. No, we think you're an us. Ah, oh, it's nice to belong. <laughs> Although I'm a little disappointed that you would accept me. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Um, it <laughs> such some... low standards you have. God, someone once said, what was it? It was, it was, I would never want to belong to a club who would have me as a member. Groucho Marx. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also kind of a, a moderate comedy nerd, too. So, Excellent. Yeah. The reason I have you on here is obviously uh, to talk Civil War, but are you reading any comics aside from Civil War right now? I am. I've uh, The last couple years have been just such a weird upheaval for both Marvel and DC that it's it's been a lot of trying something and then seeing how that works and then finding out, oh, they're going to restructure that one and relaunch it again next week. Um, I mean... DC is getting ready to do their rebirth, which is going to restructure their universe yet again after they made a big deal about rebuilding their universe just three years ago. So, And then Marvel just got through redoing theirs. So there's a lot of things that I'm reading, but I don't know if there's steady things that I read that I will be reading, if that makes sense. Yes. No, that absolutely makes sense. If there's an interesting storyline, I'll go back and read something Marvel or DC. Right now, I'm kind of into standalone universes. Like, I talk about it on the podcast all the time. I'm reading Saga, which is a absolutely amazingly well-done comic book. And then I'm more into things that are finite. Like, I'm rereading Lucifer, which has 75 issues. I'll reread Why the Last Man, which has, I believe, 60 issues. A hundred bullets that has a hundred issues. Noticing a vertigo trend here. Yes, or image. Or Im- okay, image. Who knew that the company that gave us Rob Layfield not being able to draw feet and not be able to keep up with a schedule would eventually become a good company? I know. Um, <laughs> oh my god. One of one of our writers on the blog, uh, Taylor. Uh, has done a three-part series kind of looking at Image as a company and the Image revolution and how, from where it started to where it is now. It's really fascinating read, and it's fairly short for a three-part series. Yeah, uh, first they sucked, then they got better, and now they're, like, superior. That, that, that's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, especially with, you know, Walking Dead. Walking Dead Saga, I believe that's one of theirs. It and Saga is one of those that I'm so disappointed in myself because I read the first issue and I went, "Wow, this is great," and I've never read ever anything again. And when I look at it, I go, "Yeah." Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. The same thing happens with Rat Queens. People tell me how great Rat Queens is, and I'm like, well, that was that was nice. I liked it. Uh, the, yeah. Not enough zombies. I don't know. Afterlife with Archie has been just such a bizarre, great read. Archie Comics is like one of my favorite comic companies right now, just because they're doing things that you would not expect from that little slice of Americana company. Yeah. 
Well, I just I just read a little four part arc they did, which was uh, Archie versus Predator. Mm-hmm. And so campy, so hysterical. It is to comic books what Sharknado is to television. Yes. Yes. Uh, you sh- you would probably also like when uh, Archie and the gang met Kiss. Uh, yes. That, that was a fun one, too. <laughs> I feel like they're, they're very... They're taking, like, a Scooby-Doo turn where Scooby-Doo met everybody. Yeah. But then they turn around and they do Afterlife with Archie or even even kind of creepier yet is their new uh, Sabrina series, which is just this creepy witch series with Sabrina the friendly teenage ghost who or um, witch who's she's kind of creepy now. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Oh. And it's it's kind of a period piece set in, I, I believe, the 60s, and it's really good. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I'll have to link everyone to that in the show notes. So aside from the Archie comics and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, what is one thing that you're into that others may find surprising? I am possibly the most unlikely insane clown posse fan you'll <laughs> ever run into. <laughs> I, I think you're the first juggalo on on the podcast. I kind of maybe draw my line just a little short of Juggalo. <laughs> well, just just a touch. Just a tad. Just a tad. But I do have all of their albums. I even have the, the game book that was put up by one of their cousins or whatever. If you could have any superpower, uh, what superpower would that be? I have a whole list of superpowers I should never have. <laughs> Okay. Um, because I would never be, I, I like, I couldn't be trusted with telepathy or invisibility or shape changing. Okay. I yeah I there yeah I would become evil so fast. All uh, right. They yeah. super villain powers. That's okay. Yeah yeah uh yeah okay here's a power that it's it's a stupid power but I would I actually kind of like it. And I would, in the Legion of Superheroes, um, I, I don't know how familiar you are with them, but it's a whole bunch of kids from the future who all have different powers and they, like, fight crime. And there was this group of rejects that they had, the Legion of Substitute Heroes. <laughs> One of them was named Color Kid, and I always really liked his powers and never could understand how he did not end up in the Legion. Because... He had the ability to change colors of, like, anything into any other color, which on the surface sounds possibly kind of stupid, but, like, if you have a burglar who's running away from a crime, bing, you're neon. I don't have to catch you. We'll eventually find you. You're neon green. Or, like, someone's coming in the room. I turn everything in the room black, including myself and my clothing. I dare you to not trip and fall. Then there was a time when there was a green kryptonite cloud that circled the planet, and so Superboy and Supergirl couldn't be part of the Legion anymore for a while, until Color Kid turned the green kryptonite cloud into a blue kryptonite cloud, and then suddenly they were okay. I would gladly have, yeah, <laughs> I would gladly have the power of pretty much anybody from the Legion of Substitute Heroes. 
I mean, you have infectious labs who can make people sick. You have chlorophyll kid who can grow plants. You have rock boy who could turn into a rock. That okay, maybe not his, but <laughs> pretty much everyone else. It's a pretty colorful group of characters, especially with someone with like the name of Infectious Lass. Well, yeah, she she can make anybody sick with any disease. She she is a walking pile of diseases. <laughs> but we but we're not sure if she can cure them or not. The reason why she wasn't accepted into the Legion wasn't because they didn't think she was powerful enough, but because she gave someone allergies and then actually ended up giving them like a really major flu and they had to be hospitalized. Oh. She she's not so good on the controlling of the powers. <laughs> that actually feeds right into uh, one of our next topics, which is health and wellness. What is your hey. there you go. What is your current attitude towards health and wellness? My current attitude is, hey there, health and wellness. How are you doing? Glad to meet you. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to actually do more towards uh, like physical health, definitely, than I currently do. I, I belong to a gym. I, I've been there twice. I would really like to first start on doing a lot more changes in diet. That's like a really big one for me. I, I personally have always thought that, especially here in America, we tend to eat way too much meat. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, I'm not a vegetarian in any way, shape, or form. Pork is just absolutely delicious. Uh, <laughs> So are Brussels sprouts, so is broccoli, so are carrots, so are... And so I would really like to start incorporating that back into my diet more. I've, I've started taking that to work with me so I can start incorporating it. But admittedly, this is something that I need to really look into more with the physical health thing. I don't know if you're aware, I, I'm actually HIV positive, in my case, it's something that I should be a little bit more acutely aware of, uh, just because your physical health is tied in so much with your immune system. Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, oh yeah, the, the, it's, well, I mean, you even heard me. I, I can get bordering on preachy about how people don't eat enough vegetables. Yeah. I, I, it just amazes me that people don't eat more vegetables. Especially when vegetables are delicious. They are. They are absolutely delicious, especially when you put them on, on top of a pork chop with lots of cheese sauce. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um. Well, no. But it's like you mentioned earlier Brussels sprouts, and it's like you cut those puppies in half, you sprinkle a little bit of oil, a little bit of oil, and then like some balsamic vinegar and some lemon pepper and... Those are just as delicious, if not more delicious, than a poorly cooked chicken breast. Oh well, definitely. Uh, I'll give you one of my little little secrets because so many people hate okra, and I actually love okra. Um, and one of the best ways to cook okra is not to do it the way your grandmother did it, but actually you take the okra, you keep it whole. You put it in boiling water for five minutes, not four minutes, not six minutes, five minutes. You take it out, you put it in cool water so it stops cooking. You put it immediately on a plate, 
you put a little pepper, a little bit of salt, you um, have some sliced tomatoes with it because the acidity goes really well with the okra. And that is one of the most delicious vegetable treats you'll ever have. And it will not be slimy because you didn't expose it to air and you didn't boil it within an inch of its life. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, you, you got to make sure that you just don't overcook it. Or if you're going to cook it that much, then put it in a gumbo. Or put it in a soup and let it thicken the soup. Yeah. I, I, I've i actually always been a fan of... God, what do we used to do? I used to thinly slice it and then roast it. That's a lovely way to handle um, okra as well. Yeah, it was always very good. So I'm going to try to link people to these recipes also on the show notes page. Yeah. The only vegetable that I've never figured out how to eat is beets. Which is a shame, because they're a lovely color. Oh, I... Oh, I've got you on this one. You, I... you, if you have a way for me to eat beets, you will be an amazing person, because I've tried them so many ways. Okay, well, A, one of the ways I eat them is I will just take a already cooked beet and throw it in my smoothies in the morning, so it's all blended up, so I don't even know it's there. People but... say that? And then I suddenly taste dirt. That's, a, the, that's all I taste with beets. Well, yeah, that's, that's how beets taste. They taste like dirt. But it's yummy yeah. dirt. It's red dirt. It's, <laughs> or a lovely golden dirt. <laughs> if you have, like, a, a mandolin slicer, if people know what that is, you mm-hmm. thinly slice the beets, like, so thin, almost paper thin. Uh, again, olive oil, little bit of lemon pepper, uh... Throw them in the oven for about, I want to say, 10 minutes at 425. Flip them over. Do them again 10 minutes at 425. Uh, you'll get some nice, delicious beet chips. I was wondering if that was going to crisp them up to be like a potato chip, except for, you know, dirt. People think I'm silly about this, but I would love to figure out a way to enjoy beets. They're they're really healthy, and they are just a beautiful vegetable. Now, do you have a favorite mantra or motto or anything that uh, lights a fire under your ass to get uh, all your podcasts out or that does motivate you to eat better, anything like that? You know, I was thinking about this because I, I heard you ask someone else about that, and I was like going, damn, do I have a mantra? You know, I mean, you have that, the the Nike ad, just do it, but you just, the the statement means nothing to me. It it actually is a, it's almost like a physical manifestation of that in my body as I think, no, you just do it. And you, you, and then you just go forth and take care of what needs to be taken care of. I was telling this to a friend of mine the other day about how I don't, I don't react well to inspirational statements or anything like that. The best time I ever had with working out and working out with a coach wasn't someone who was like doing a drill sergeant thing on me. And it wasn't someone who was going, yeah, man, you can do it. Yeah, I I believe in you and all that. No, it was someone who was talking to me about what they saw on TV that night and then when they saw me finishing my reps, they're like going, yeah, you can do five more. Just do them. And they just told me to do it. There and you go. That's, 
yeah, it, it's just the acceptance that you do it. No, I, it's not going to get done if you don't do it. And I think that's something that I've actually tried to tell people. Uh, it doesn't... People will be like, oh, I'm not motivated to work out. To which I say, okay, what part of doing a push-up says be motivated? The steps are get on the floor, push up. <laughs> You know, nowhere in that does it say be motivated. I know uh, some of my best workouts and my best uh, results have been where I didn't want to go to the gym, but I was like, you know what? Me not wanting to go doesn't mean I can't move my feet in the general direction of the gym, and when I get there, do my workout. For the longest time, Dumbbells and Dragons wasn't didn't have a podcast. Because we weren't posting anything. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready. And I'm like, okay, what part of hitting publish on a couple of these episodes says you have to be ready? So I moved my damn finger. I hit the button. And here we are. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly how it went with the relaunch of More Geek Than Gay. Yeah. Is even though I... Because there was a thing of like, oh, the sound on this ended up really bad. I really should redo it. And I'm like, going, no, no, you told yourself you're going to publish it today. You have it finished. If you put it off just because of the sound, that's you. You're just going to use that as an excuse. You're just and you can apologize. It's easier to apologize to people than that you've done something for than to, like, explain, oh, I really meant to do something to people you never did something for. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I, I can I can totally relate to that. And it's all... And hopefully you can word it better than I did, because I'm like, wait, that was a really weird wording. <laughs> no, I, it's... I, I get the gist of what you're saying. I don't know if I could reword it, but it's almost... To take it in a kind of a different direction, it's an object in motion stays in motion. You know? Yeah. If you publish that first episode, if you take that first trip to the gym, then you have incentive and motivation and energy to do another episode, go another day. Um, right. Because once you start doing it, it just gets easier and easier, whereas that initial push-off, that initial start, can be the most difficult step. Right, and it's so easy to just find a reason to stop instead of starting. Absolutely. I, you know, inertia works the other way as well. Yes. Now, I want to move to some current events. We have a saying here at Dumbbells and Dragons, which is work out, nerd out. And it's essentially we're telling everyone, you know, take account of your health and wellness and take account of your nerdiness. So what are or what is one thing you did this week to work out, nerd out? What is one health and wellness thing? What is one nerdy thing you did this week? Well, health and wellness... Uh... Uh, oh man, I really hate sounding hedgy on this, but <laughs> because this is one of those things that I really, really need to do more of. 
I, I did make a point of like going, you know what? You've said you need to do this. You need to do this. Get yourself some healthier snacks while you're sitting on your ass at the computer all day at work. So you're not just sucking on jelly beans and M&Ms all day long. That's not going to help your ass not get larger. <laughs> so there was, there was things like that. And, you know, sitting there figuring out my time. That, that really is a, a big issue for me, is figuring out my time. That's, I, I've never been good with time. It's easy for me to manipulate time and because I'm a time lord. Poof, no. uh, <laughs> I, it's easy for me to manipulate time in such a way as to think to myself, I never have time to do something. And that includes like working out, that includes, you know, even just taking a walk or stuff. So as far as like my, my physical wellness goes, I think it's more of a, a decision that I've made to start manipulating that time in the other direction. Because I know it's all just me making the time disappear. Excellent. That's awesome. And what was the nerdy thing that you did? Um, read through 108 issues of Civil War. <laughs> Which we absolutely appreciate. <laughs> that, that would be the most nerdy thing I did. Uh, other than that, uh, you know what? No, that's it. That's been go. my focus hey, for the last week. That's enough. Who knew there was 108 issues? Yeah, right? Well, I guess with all the expanded stories, it could be that much. But Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, it makes sense, although I don't know why Moon Knight would be involved, but okay. Yeah. Well, I can tell I'll you... I'll be honest. I'll be honest. You only got me through like 102 because I skipped the whole Moon Knight thing. That's, you know what? No <laughs> one's going to blame you. Uh, I don't think Moon Knight is in the movie, so I think we're fine. I, I, see, there's so much that cannot be in the movie. That, yeah. It, that I, but we'll get to that. Yes. Well, real quick, my workout nerd out was actually today I got super bummed and I just didn't want to go to the gym and I woke up late and I let myself get distracted by Facebook and social media and all this other stuff. A couple hours later, I was just like, you know what? I need to get in some sort of physical activity. So I did a tw I did 20 minutes on the elliptical. Just got a little bit of a sweat going, and it made me feel really good. My nerd out is, as people have known, uh, uh, this is being recorded on April 19th. I currently have, I believe, 101 out of 120 stars in Super Mario 64 that I've been replaying. So by the time this airs, I will have a full 120 stars and be completely done with that game again. <laughs> okay. So. See, me, my, the closest accomplishment I have like that on any sort of electronic game is I managed to collect all the cats and mementos from Neko Atsuki. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it sounds interesting and fun. Uh, it's... It's really adorable, and don't do it. Don't do it, man. Don't, don't. You'll get sucked right in, and then oh. you'll have these conversations with people about, like, yeah, I had to put out put out the umbrella or else the cat wouldn't come by, and it only likes the most expensive food, so I had to spend way too much goldfish on it, but finally it brought me a cricket. And 
You're, <laughs> I yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. I hope that somebody out there listening in the comments can like link me to this so that I can try to avoid it. Oh, it's it's an app for your phone or for tablet. You can't play it online, to the best of my knowledge. It's it's Boy. just an app. And oh, a whole bunch of adorable cats that you're trying to attract to your house because you're a wannabe crazy cat crazy lady. cat lady. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Some people nerd out about their cats. We don't judge here. <laughs> oh, good, because there's 15 of them over here. And if anybody needs a cat, I'll bubble wrap one to you. I, I, I'm okay with this. All right. So let's get into our main feature. Let's talk a little Civil War. Um, I haven't read – A, I don't think I've read the full 108-issue arc. I haven't read all of them. The most I remember – and I think I read them 10 or 11 years ago uh, for a class in college. So give me a little bit of a recap. What led to the Civil War? Well, okay. What leads to the Civil War – is there's one specific event that really launches civil war and that is the there's a group of heroes young heroes called new warriors they're they instead of being the new warriors that had a comic book for a long time they're a tv show and for ratings they decide to go after a big bad villain nitro and it goes horribly awry, and he blows up, because that's what Nitro does. And he blows up, and, like, over 200 people are killed, including, like, children at a schoolyard, and including all of the new warriors except for one. And people, like, go, oh my gosh, there's children, and that's what starts the whole Civil War. This is, of course, on the on the tail end of also the Avengers um, uh, disassembled where Scarlet Witch kind of goes crazy and all sorts of horrible things happen that cause a whole bunch of destruction. And then there's the decimation of the mutant uh, population. And so there's a whole bunch of big events that lead up to this final straw Yeah, that makes people think, superheroes could be dangerous. Maybe we should do something about this. Yeah, and it's not its not that this explosion leads to the Civil War. It's this explosion leads the government to enact the Registration Act, right? Correct. Although, right as that's happening, you already... The... The two main participants in, of Civil War, uh, Iron Man and Captain America, already know that war is going to break out when that happens because basically they declare that war is going to break out. They they pretty much set forth their intentions. Oh, if that gets passed, we're going to just start like rampaging on the streets. Yeah. So that's kind of the start of Civil War. Um, the, the act gets passed lightning fast and then suddenly like a martial law interpretation of a registration act is enacted and heroes are forced to register it, it's supposed to be superheroes with powers so in theory 
Like, you know, if you put on a cape and tights tomorrow and decided to patrol the streets of your neighborhood, you wouldn't have to do that unless you were bitten by a radioactive porcupine and suddenly were able to shoot quills. <laughs> by the way, uh, that should have been your answer for what is my favorite superpower. Porcupine Pete's in the Legion of Substitute Heroes. I, I said all of them, man. <laughs> you didn't mention him specifically, and now that's awesome. Um, but... He dates infectious lass. They can't touch each other for a variety of reasons. Puncture wounds uh, still standing. No. Puncture wounds, potential diseases. There you go. That but... are not sexually inflicted. <laughs> but, um, so... Here's my question. For heroes that have powers, is somebody like Tony Stark considered – would he have to register? Because technically, he doesn't have any powers. He just has a lot of money. That's true. Although, by the time that this story takes place, he has been infected with nanites. And therefore, he has control over a whole bunch of different things because of the little electrical nanites in his body. Okay. And also, he would have registered anyway to set an example because he fully believes in this. Yes. He's he's a large proponent of the Registration Act, with Captain America being on the opposite side of that. Yeah. And, um, and oh. this came out, what, back in 2000... Two, two thousand and three. Oh wow, that'd be a great thing to know the answer to. I don't know. I because we, it. I'm fairly certain it was two thousand and three because that's the last year I was in college and we covered it in my last semester. Um, but wasn't it kind of an allegory to the Patriot Act and, um imprisoning enemy combatants well okay the the guy who wrote the and plotted out the course of it he has stated that it was supposed to represent the classic um struggle between liberty and security okay um, i mean even benjamin franklin made comments about that yes absolutely um i can't remember his famous quote but Google it, you'll find it. No, it was it was um, <laughs> those who give up essential liberty for temporary safety deserve neither. Yes, yes. So I mean, this is a debate that's gone on for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, but if you, especially reading them all over a short period of time, you really get the incredible one-sidedness of the argument. It really is exactly as you said. It's a response to the Patriot Act. Yeah. Um, Tony Stark is not representing the other side of the equation. Tony Stark is the bad guy. Okay. <laughs> He's just flat out the bad guy. Yeah. And uh, and can you can you summarize each side real quick? Um you got Tony Stark's side um Let's go with a more neutral interpretation of it, which is that heroes, especially those with superpowers, should be registered. And that way they'll be able to get training. That way there's a sense of responsibility 
also. Uh, we would expect that from our police officers. We expect that from um, the military. And therefore, if we have these other people who are acting as um, on behalf of the law, we should expect the same of them, a certain amount of accountability. And they also would have the option of working with the government and earning a salary, which they wouldn't be able to get before. So there was even a perk for the heroes to do this registration. Yeah. Um, the other side of it took it as, uh, which would be Captain America's side, took it as basically a violation of civil rights and that the wrongful imprisonment of these people for not registering as heroes, well, was a violation of their civil rights. Yeah. And so, A, they were heroes that did not register were imprisoned. Yes. Yes. Because we went there with this story. Yeah. There was no middle ground in this story. And that's part of how it becomes incredibly one-sided. There is no one arguing a middle ground in this story. It is register or be imprisoned in the negative zone and possibly have suicidal thoughts because of it. And if you don't register, we're going to hire deadly criminals that we reformed into government agents and send them after you to destroy neighborhoods to hunt you down. Yeah. It was, this was, this was, uh, it was a little suicide squatty where I remember this part where Iron Man essentially enlists the supervillains to go hunt down heroes that weren't registering. Right. The Thunderbolts, except for Thunderbolts not even pretending to be heroes, except for two of them who had kind of reformed by this time. No, they were Thunderbolts who, no, no, we're villains that have turned over a new leaf and now working for the government. And so it was kind of, they were still shady as hell. Yeah. And so was it, was it if you were planning on using your powers? What if you had powers, but you didn't want to be a hero? You were supposed to have the right to retire. This this is something that I personally found questionable throughout the storyline, because while it seemed like people had the option to retire, no one was given that option that I could see. Um, there's even a, a point when... Black Panther, as a foreign dignitary, because he's the ruler of Wakanda, and he's married to Storm at the time, uh, they come to visit the president, and they force her to... Temp- they, they state that if she's going to do that, she has to sign an enrollment document, uh, a temporary enrollment document, because she's a superpowered person. But I'm like going, well, she's just visiting the president. She's not there as a hero, she shouldn't have to sign that document. You're making her sign that document without her doing the actions. Yes. And so, like I said, the, I, I mean, we'll we'll get back to the story in a moment, but I I do think that this is actually a very weak spot in the storyline. I get why they do this. It it keeps the story rolling and action going from the get go. But 
it's really weird that at no point is any sort of reasonable middle ground presented by anybody in any sort of position. <laughs> it, it is either a for or against and pretty diehard. The closest thing you get to a middle ground is Ben Grimm going, I'm not going to choose a side, I'm just going to move to Canada. <laughs> well, that's, that's very fitting for Ben Grimm. Yeah, but, you know, there's no one who's sitting there commenting on how, like, well, let's let them retire, or, you know, the, the whole railroading of Peter Parker as Spider-Man thing, that is such a weird story in and of itself. Um, Can you go a little bit into that? Because my recollection might be off. I just thought Iron Man approached him, said we'd like you to register and publicize who you are. But see, that's where it becomes a matter of railroading, because there's no reason for that. Um, by this time, Peter Parker was working with Tony Stark uh, and kind of had a little bit of hero worship going on that Tony Stark would take an interest in him. Uh, Tony Stark says, as this registration's going on, he says, I would like you to register and as a symbol, because we all know that how much you protect your secret identity, I would like you to unmask to the world and reveal yourself as an open book. That's how much I want you to register here. Oh, and by the way, if you don't register, well then, I will be having to work with people who are going to be hunting you down. You wouldn't want that to happen to Aunt May and Mary Jane, your wife, would you? Yeah. And so while Peter registers a threat, it's also taking advantage of his hero worship, and he unmasks. At no point is that supposed to be part of the registration. You are supposed to only reveal yourself to the government. The public doesn't need to know who you are. Yes. So it is only to create a poster boy to replace the fact that he doesn't have Captain America as a poster boy. And and at some point, doesn't Aunt May or Mary Jane get in trouble, and so Peter recognizes that he came down on the wrong side? I, it's kind of a recognition. What really sets him off on realizing that he came down on the wrong side, um, if, if I'm following the order of the issues in the right order, um, is... When he realized that Reed Richards built a prison in the negative zone, and they're sending people who had been heroes to live in the negative zone until they choose to register. Yes. It's, and if they don't choose to register, well, I guess that's where you live now. It's, it's the keeping somebody in solitary confinement until they confess type scenario where... Right. If anyone is familiar with human beings in isolation, you tend to go crazy. Yes, which the negative zone definitely represents that because it's already been kind of established that prolonged experience in the negative zone has a tendency of making people already a little crazy. Yeah. So now we, we have them living in a zone that represents that psychological, um, affect, or not affect, effect that occurs in prolonged solitude or confinement and stuff like that. Okay. And 
And then obviously we have Captain America who's coming down on the side of liberties and right to privacy. Right. Um, here's another weird thing about the, the whole issue with me. And that is... I'm not fully comprehending who Captain America thought he was protecting. Because most of the heroes in the Marvel Universe, people know who they are. Yeah. And a lot of the ones that he had on his side, people knew who they were. So they're actually... They're not protecting their private lives of these characters. They're actually just fighting against the forced registration. They don't want to... Essentially, they. I, I remember part of it being they don't want to work for the government. They don't want to be forced to work for the government. Right. Even though... Now, this is something that would be a very valid concern because we all know how these things go. But as it was set out... Working for the government was an option. You were going to be trained by the government and therefore and registered so that the government could keep track of you in case something happened. But you weren't going to be forced to work for the government. In You just weren't going to be forced to work for the government. You were going to be given the option whether you were going to or not. Um, there's a good chance that eventually that would change. And that would be probably what Captain America would be afraid of. Yes. Okay. Well, and we can understand where Captain America is coming from on that, being raised primarily in World War II. With him, I I would expect to see more conflict regarding the issue, though. Because with World War, with World War II, he saw what, you know, was happening in Europe with people being enlisted and registered as whatever... Um, between encamps, uh, encampment and all that. But he also was an employee of the United States government. <laughs> yeah. And he benefited from training that the United States government, and, and a an experiment that was done on him by the United States government. So it seems to me that he would be more conflicted. I, I would expect to see him being like, going, I don't know what side to take. Maybe I'll just go to Canada for a little while. I would <laughs> see that more with him than him taking the exact opposite side. Yeah. Well, he could also be, it could also be a symbol of just, when you're forced with this one side, instead of taking time to think about it, a lot of times we all just go to the exact opposite extreme. And th I think that could be arguably what eventually we figure out is his, is the source of his reaction. Yeah. So we, you were talking a little bit about the middle ground. So what's the middle ground? Okay. Uh, th the middle ground is something that I can't really discuss without jumping and saying really what side of this issue I would fall on. That's fine. Um, and, I have to say that other than the sheer extremeness of it, I would have to say I fall more on the side of Tony Stark. And it's because of the issue that they don't really talk about, 
but it's brought up as the reason as part of the reasoning at the very beginning and that's the accountability the the fact that we do expect this of police officers we expect this of of our military and these are not people who are acting in the, the same situation of say the red cross and they're aiding in a crisis situation no they are acting with agency as agents of the law and as such I would expect them to be accountable. I mean, how many people are is Spider-Man bundling up with webbing, depositing on the front steps of the police, um, the police precinct, everything, that have to be released because they weren't given the Miranda rights. They're not able to face the person that um, accused them. They're, I mean, there's so many things that are just blatantly illegal, and that you would expect if you were brought in by a police officer. Yes, I mean, I can see your point there, but as as a counterpoint, I mean, the whole thing is these people are not government agents, and I, I mean, I hate to say that the rules don't apply to them, but if there is... If I witness a bank robbery and I trip the bank robber and I subdue the bank robber, I don't have to read them Miranda rights. I don't have to take any of that into account when they are arrested. When a police officer shows up, then yes, that all takes into account. So what is different between, for example, me happening to be in the right place at the right time to stop this bank robbery or someone who has a premonition and a power and stops it that way. See, now, there we're entering a different realm also, in my opinion, uh, because a premonition isn't acting with agency. A premonition is acting with, I have, I have knowledge of something. Let me share this knowledge and then those who have the authority to act with agency can do something. Well, but back to your example. Well, no. If 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 you've got the premonition and then you go to the bank to stop the bank robbery. Oh, okay. If you go to the bank and stop the bank robbery, in many cases there isn't anything. I, I would agree with you. You wouldn't be reading the Miranda rights. You wouldn't be. But at the same time, oh, if the police said. You know, we need to have your name so that when the time comes, we may need to have you appear in court. Well, that's going to happen. Yes. Okay. There's a certain amount of accountability still where you get, you are still responsible for presenting your side of it. Now, if you were there helping people who were shot because of the bank robber, well, now you're not acting with authority. You're acting in a case of triage and care. Yes. No one would really expect you to be testifying in court about anything because you didn't do anything with authority regarding or with agency regarding the criminal. You were actually assisting with the victims. Uh, the, the mutant world, the mutants are persecuted unfairly because many times they are actually just assisting others 
they're not actually pursuing villains a lot of times. They're acting in a... Well, first of all, a lot of times they're being persecuted just for being. Yes. Regardless of what they do. But a lot of their actions... While I've always argued that, like, oh my god, those mutants, no wonder people want them extinct, they just keep on causing problems everywhere. <laughs> but at this, you know... The, how many onslaughts can you have? But at the same time, those are rare situations. A lot of times it is a group of evil mutants that the government would probably want to get and try to get. The, the X-Men are not apprehending these people. They are just trying to aid in stopping something from happening. But could they don't act with the authority or the agency. But couldn't that be argued the same way? Isn't the Avengers aren't or aren't the Avengers? Isn't Captain America, Spider Man, when they try to stop Doctor Doom, the Green Goblin, from destroying New York? Aren't they just trying to prevent harm from happening to other people? They are, but then they continue with pursuit then they act in the same manner that we would expect military or okay. police to act and and as such that's part of the reason why the avengers have always been answerable to the government they always had a government liaison they appear in court yes and um, and i don't i don't think that this is something that it doesn't need to be the case of what they pre what they presented. It's a case of if you want to act with agency, then yes, we sh you should register. They shouldn't be hunting them down. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to act with agency equivalent to police or whatever, then yes, you need to register. If you're going to act in the sense of you're aiding the public, then there's no reason to register them. They're not. They're they're acting the same way that people who volunteer as candy stripers help out. Yeah. And I'm. What's interesting to me is a. I mean, we could we could argue the legal semantics about this all day. Yes. Because uh, oh man, I I'm actually at this point right now where I'm looking at my attitude. I really should reread the comics. I'm looking at my attitude from when I was 21, 22, and read the comics, uh, where I was like, Captain America is so right, like, <laughs> they shouldn't be allowed, they, they shouldn't ha have to register, you know, the neutral zone prison is is horrible and should never be used, and Tony Stark is such a bad man, to 10 years later, having a little bit more life experience, I can be like, you know what, maybe we need to have a middle ground, maybe not neutrals uh i'm sorry negative zone i keep saying neutral zone yeah oh um, the negative zone idea that's a horrible prison <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's the but, worst idea but some sort of accountability i think needs to be taken into account now uh you and i have been chatting for quite a little bit so i don't want to take up much more of your evening but so where do we think the movie's gonna go based on the trailers we've seen um, no spoilers on anything outside of the trailers. What do you think the move is going to happen in the movie? What are you excited about in the movie? 
what are you worried about with the movie? This is something, oddly enough, that before reading these, the story, I was going, yeah, Civil War, that'll be really interesting. Now, as I'm, after reading it, I don't get really what to expect from Civil War. Um, in the movie universe, this is still somewhat new. And while, yes, I do understand there's an of accountability, especially after the first Avengers situation, where the Avengers and Loki just tore apart New York. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there wasn't really a big upcry, outcry as much. I mean, there was, but there wasn't. Um, there's not a huge superhero population to feel the need other than the Inhumans if we're going to count the TV show stuff. But so far, the TV show hasn't really influenced the movie so much. It's been more the other direction. Yeah, I, I think um, last year or two years ago uh, with Winter Soldier, that played a lot into the TV show. And Hail Hydra. And, yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yeah. 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 That's, that's exactly what you're saying. I don't know what I was bubbling about. No. No worries. Um. And they've done some Asgardians on the show, but we're not seeing Inhumans popping up on the in the movies. As a matter of fact, they seem to be the it, recent indications seem to be that they're going to kind of avoid that now. They've put they've pr- put off making the Inhumans movie. Because the Inhumans suppo- supposedly, through through the interwebs, gossip columns and everything, it's supposedly because the Inhumans are such a big part of the TV show, they just don't want to deal with it as the movie now. Well, yes, but I think, I think that, especially the way the show played out, I haven't watched tonight's episode, tonight being April 19th, but the way <laughs> things happened on the TV show... Last week, have you have you did you see last week's episode? I have not. I am dreadfully not caught up on. Um, you, you can spoil away all you well, want. I don't care. You have some vigilantes, some human vigilantes hunting down in humans, which I think might be mentioned or at least feed into some things having to do with the Civil War. And in human persecution, because the TV show and Marvel Studios can't say mutants. Right. Um, That's hilarious. I I find that hilarious because just because DC Comics can still use the word mutants. It's it's a word. Yet somehow they managed to make a contract where they're not allowed to use the word mutants. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's fairly ridiculous. I was a little bit worried about the movie when the first couple trailers came out because it seemed like it was Iron Man and Captain America fighting about Bucky. If you remember, like, the very first trailer that came out. Yeah, and there would be very little that could interest me less. Yeah, and so it's just now in the last few trailers that okay, they are actually getting into the Registration Act. Yeah, I I know a lot of people are really excited about Spider-Man appearing in the movie. Where do you fall on that? Like, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my favorite superhero of all time. 
Okay. Okay. So, so no bias there. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually don't. Okay. I've always argued a he's not really necessary for the story. Yeah. It seems like he is, he's but the, he's not. He's the symbol. Yeah, he's just a symbol, and we could technically replace it with anything. Yes. And especially in the movies, because he hasn't existed in the movies. There's no history to have any sort of vested interest in in the power of his unmasking in the movies. Yes. So hopefully they're going to use him in a much more interesting way than that, because what he does in the storyline would me would be essentially meaningless and just playing into the fans of the comics. Well, I think because they've said they're not doing a origin story with Spider-Man because we've had two in the last 10 years. Yeah. They're jumping into it as if Spider-Man has been around for a little while, and I think everybody knows the symbolic nature of Spider-Man. So I do think they could have him be that role. And at least to me and you, it would still have that effect. I think to not comic book fans, it might feel a little forced and a little rushed. And see, that's my that's my feeling. That's like I'm hoping they don't do that. Yeah. Just because I don't think that it really will have the impact. Even if you try to say, oh, he's been around for a while. Really? You haven't mentioned him ever before. <laughs> well, Not even on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You haven't even planted ideas of him. You haven't planted ideas of him in Daredevil. You've, you've never mentioned him. Well, and he's been around for a while? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> to, to be fair, they didn't have the rights to mention him up until, you know, Civil War started filming. True, but they have been filming episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. since then. Yes. They have been filming episodes of Daredevil since then. I think, actually, even um, Jessica Jones was filmed after they started doing Civil War. Yes. So they could have at least planted that, oh, there's some sort of spider hero going around. Yeah. Have you heard who this is? He seems so secretive. Yeah, um, or or even even, I mean, maybe there was some Easter eggs that I just missed, but, like, Daredevil saying something about, like, some guy in tights swinging through Manhattan. Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, I don't I don't recall hearing anything about that. So, if they do that with the story, it will, even with me knowing why they're doing it, it'll seem forced, because I'm yeah. like, oh, well, this is not that character. This is the movie universe, he doesn't fill that role in this universe. Yeah. So what are you... The thing I'm most... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, but the, the thing that I'm actually the most um, concerned about is filling the void of the Fantastic Four. Okay. They have a much more important role. Even with Straczynski's horrible writing, they have a much more important important role in the whole thing and the drama between um, Reed Richards who's supporting the act and following Tony Stark and developing the the stupid prison and then his wife, Invisible Woman who decides that she's against it that, that becomes a much more compelling story 
that's not going to get told. And I think it's actually really a central. I mean, that's where you get to see the friction. Well, I th- in a more domestic way. I think they might actually be able to work that in with Hawkeye and Black Widow. Because if, if are they dating now? Because she was after the Hulk. They're not dating, but they've always had that really close personal friendship that has come through in the past two Avengers movies. But in the trailers, they're on opposite sides. Okay, because I'm like, going, if they're dating, he needs to have a talk with his wife. <laughs> what is one thing you're really looking forward to in the movie? This may sound hokey, given I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they pull this off. I okay. want to see how they make a small, still a small handful of characters that are essentially all on the East Coast a worldwide problem. And, a, and the, the registration, a, a concern of the public. Because you got to remember where this ends up in the comic books is this is now taken to the streets of the people. The people have to sit and Captain America ends up surrendering because he realizes that they're now just fighting. They're not even standing up for ideals anymore. Yeah. He surrenders because it's become just a fight. Um, and then we know where that ends. Yes. And I'm kind of curious if that's how this is going to end in the movie, too, because this would be the third movie, or the fifth movie, third Captain America, fifth movie with for that actor. Yeah. And I don't think they typically, I think so far the standard contracts with Marvel have been five movies. Except for uh, Sebastian Stan. Bucky. Oh, okay. He signed on for nine. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I think he's been in, if you count his uh, Easter egg at the end of, I think, Ant-Man. Okay. Um, He's been in, th- this will be his fifth, his fourth. Okay, he was Captain America, Avengers. Captain America 2. Or Captain America 2. Oh, and I, he was in Captain America 2, yeah. I yeah. the first one and... <laughs> And yeah. so there's I, two. I don't think he was in Avengers. Wasn't he one of the people that we saw at the very end when they were announcing the new Avengers initiative? I don't believe so. He wasn't? Oh, okay. No. Um, I want to say he was in... So he's in Captain America, Captain America 2. He's obviously in Civil War. He was yeah. in... Ant-Man. Ant-Man as an Easter egg. And then I want to say there was one other one where he was in very briefly, but that is, that was, that's all I know. That's all I can, I can remember at this particular moment in time. Yeah, with Bucky Barnes and then Gwen Stacy coming back as Spider-Gwen, the only person who stays dead in the Marvel Universe is (laughs) Uncle Ben. Oh. Well, you know, sometimes you just gotta kill an uncle. Uh, and Bucky Barnes stayed dead for so long; it was lovely. Yeah. I, well, actually, I felt that way about Gwen Stacy too. I've never. I'm like, wait, the only personality she ever had was as a victim. Yeah. I'm uh, with this movie. I'm actually really looking forward to. I don't. You know, I I, I gotta say it. I'm super excited about seeing Spider-Man. 
I'm I'm super excited to see where they take him. Uh, I'm excited for his new movie, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's being done by Fox or Marvel. Uh, uh, I think it's Sony or Marvel. Sony or Marvel. My bad. I think it's a joint. What I read, it's a joint effort. Okay, then that I'm I'm a little more okay with. But uh, actually, I kind of side with you. I'm very interesting to see how they pull this off. And I, w- I will say the thing that I'm most excited about, which is going to take a long time to get to, and that is I want to see where it le- where it ends. Yes. What world are we end? Do we end up with that um, that ant or that wasp and the Ant Man is going to have to exist in? That um, Doctor Strange is going to be existing in? That um, uh, Black Panther is going to be existing in, and that leads into the next Avengers movie. Yeah, where they go with uh, Phase Four should be very exciting. Yeah, it, because this really seems like it's going to have to be the launching point for that. Yes, I I agree. Um, I'm I'm a little nervous, a little excited, uh, definitely excited to see it. So, this is going up the Wednesday before it launches, so hopefully everybody has their tickets now. But it's it's almost 9 o'clock here. Let's let's wrap things up a little bit. Um, thank you so much for being here and talking with me for the last two hours. Well, thank you for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, where can people connect with you, and where can people find uh, More Geek Than Gay? Well, More Geek Than Gay it is on iTunes. You can find it there. You can also find it on Libsyn. Uh, that's that's actually the um, podcasting service that I use. Uh, you, we do have a page on Facebook that I'm getting better about updating because, like I said, we're relaunching, so I'm starting to get everything up to snuff on that. It has a Twitter account. I I, I just don't tweet. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm just not a tweeter. So you know, don't don't hold your breath on the Twitter account. But um, and you can also find. Math Monkeys and Four Color Storytime also on iTunes and on Libsyn. Excellent. And then, uh, you know, just comes, if you happen to have a chance to come into town, you can probably hunt me down at Phoenix Comic Con because I'll be there. Excellent. And what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the podcast? Um, well, on the serious side of advice, I guess, or, or the more practical side of advice, I would say just take a moment every day to do something different. I mean, it could be something as simple as like just reading a poem that you've never read before all the way up to like the next time I'm in San Diego, I'm going across that stupid bridge, that, that Coronado bridge (laughs) that, that things terrifies me just looking at it. But I am not letting that bridge beat me. I'm going to cross that thing. So just do something new every day. That's it. And then on a, a, a little bit less practical um, level, um, just, you know, when when it comes time to look for your your overlord that it, that's going to be taking over all civilization, um if it's our robot overlords or alien overlords, please do realize that I'm going to sell you out hard and fast. I, I have no loyalty to humanity when it comes to the robot or alien overlords. But if it's me, if it's me, I can be bought with cake. 
<laughs> Sounds good. All right, everybody, bring cake. Yes. Um, I did love what you were saying, the practical advice about try something new. Um, one of the sayings, I'm sorry, uh, talking about Tough Mudders because it's so fresh in my brain. Uh, one of the things we say at Tough Mudders is when was the last time you did something for the first time? You know, that's actually on my list of things to do one day. But, you know, I I think about the tough mudding, and then I also think, you know what? That will be where they bury me. <laughs> well, no. It's, I will just die. It, it doesn't matter if you're if it's your first time running a tough mudder or it's your first time reading a poem or your first time picking up, you know, a comic book, your first time picking up a video game. Your first time picking up a different genre of video game that you're used to. First time picking up a different hobby. It's just when was the last time you did something for the first time? So yeah. the first time you walked your, you know, when was the last, uh, here's how I'm going to say this. You know, the first time you walk across that Coronado Bridge, like that's going to be the first thing you, you know, that's going to be your first we were going to drive it because it's more scary for me driving. Oh, drive, walk, it's all the same. Yeah. Crossing but, it. And and my thing is, you know, don't be afraid to be afraid. Be afraid to be trapped by being afraid. Yes, that is awesome. I love that. That's brilliant. All right. And I, just I patted think, myself on the back. <laughs> and I think that is where we will leave it. So... Dragons, hope you enjoyed us talking Civil War. Hope you enjoyed the pod, this episode of the podcast. Like us, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. We are also, you can also stream us on Google Play Music now, which is really cool. I'm super excited about that. But go ahead, check us out, dumbbellsanddragons.com. Shoot me an email, leave me a comment. Love to hear from you. Edward, thank you again for being with me. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. I I look forward to hearing it, and if you ever need anything in the future, hey, Excellent. I can tell you more about Superman kryptonite stuff than you'll ever want to know. <laughs> Excellent. We might take you up on that offer. Other than that, everybody else, work out, nerd out. As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.